In the, in the beginning of the Sedra, Rashi quotes from the Pasuk the words, li truma. They should take from me a truma, a donation. And Rashi explains this as meaning, li lishmi. Me for my name, for Hashem. The question is, what is bothering Rashi that he needs to explain anything at all? So we have in the Mepharshim that say the following. The word v'yikhuli, which means take to me, that means to give something to Hashem, is the way we would usually understand those words. The problem, however, is it's very difficult to say this in regards to Hashem. Because number one, how is it b'chalal possible to say that we're giving anything to Hashem, or that Hashem needs anything from us, when la Hashem ha'aretzum the whole world belongs to Hashem. And as the Pasuk says, im erav loy oimar loch. So to speak, if I'm hungry, Hashem says, I'm not going to be asking you for anything. I won't tell you about it. Hashem doesn't need anything from us. Another point is that the word li, the yikhuli means that how does something usually go from one person to another? That means that it, we're going to have to bring it close. You're going to take it. You're going to bring it from one person over to the other. And of course, this only applies when we're speaking about Gashmi is the things, Gashmi is the people, which by Hashem, that of course doesn't have a body, doesn't have any shape or form, etc., etc. What does it mean to give it to Hashem, to bring it to Hashem? And therefore, say the Mepharshim, that's why the Rashi says that the word Li over here means Lishmi, you should take it for my name. However, the Rebbe says, what's difficult with this is, in addition to the fact that then the question is, why does Rashi have to quote the words V'yikhu and Truma from the Pasuk if the problem is only with the word Li, which Rashi is telling us that Li means Lushmi, but in addition to this, we find already similar expressions with the same meaning, the same idea in previous Psukim in the Torah. One time, when Yaakov Avinu says, Asrenu loch, I will give Meiser to you, or Kaddish Likol Bukhair Hashem says, sanctify for me every single Bukhair. So these are similar expressions to the Li of our Pasik. And Rashi does not tell us in those cases whether the Li or Loch means is to be taken literally, or it means on behalf of Hashem, for the sake of Hashem. So what's the problem? Why suddenly in this Pasik does Rashi have to explain it? Says the Rebbe, from this is obvious. That by Rashi, the question in Pshutish al-Mikra, there's no problem of, at all of what this word li means that needs to be discussed and explained because it could be understood simply that when we come to Meiser, for example, Aser Asrenulach means not that Hashem needs it chas v'sholem in any way whatsoever, but we're doing it, we're giving it to Hashem. So the question is why over here would that be different? Says the Rebbe in Sev Base. Seemingly we would be able to explain it. That the word V'yikhuli is very different to Aser Asrenulach and Kadeshli or other similar psukim. Because when it says V'yikhuli, it never says over here that it needs to be designated to Hashem and sanctified for Hashem. Rather it only says V'yikhu, it should be taken to Hashem. And that seemingly doesn't really fit because of the reasons that we said before. First of all, Hashem doesn't need anything. 
And secondly, how do you bring something or give something to Hashem? And therefore, in our case, Rashi has to say that Li means Lishmi. And that will help us also understand why Rashi says the word V'yikhu, because how do you give or bring something to Hashem? Again, as opposed to the other psukim where it says clearly what we're doing. We're giving it as a miser for Hashem or making it holy for Hashem. But what would it mean to give it to Hashem? And that's why Rashi has to explain, Li means Lishmi. However, says the Rebbe, if that's the case, then it would have been simpler if Rashi just said that V'yikhu Li means that we should sanctify it. And then we would understand what Li means because we're sanctifying it for Hashem or to Hashem. So why is Rashi only saying the word li, meaning lishmi, and he's not really explaining what the issue is? So some of Farshim want to explain that Rashi is actually bothered by the word v'yichu. What does it mean, take it to me? It should have said v'yitnuli, they should give it to me. And this is why Rashi is saying li lishmi, me for my name. What he means to hint over here is to a very interesting concept that through truma. You're taking Li, you're taking me, you're taking Hashem. Similar to what the Medrash says, that even though it's true, La Hashem, that Hashem does, the whole world belongs to Hashem. Because Hashem brings down his Shekhinah amongst you, nevertheless, sorry, Hashem nevertheless wants, although the whole world belongs to Hashem, Hashem wants to bring his Shekhinah specifically to the Yidden, and through Torah and Mitzvah, you get Hashem. And obviously, since you cannot take Hashem himself, so to speak, because as the Pesach says, Hashemayim, Mushmei Hashemayim, even the greatest heavens, Lo Yichal Kalucha cannot contain Hashem. So therefore, Rashi explains it. What does it mean, V'yikhuli, to take me? Lishmi. That means to say, Hashem is going to rest his holy name upon the Yidden, through the Yidden, taking the Terumah and building the Beis HaMikdosh and the Mishkan, similar to what the Pesach says, V'samu Eshmi, Al-Bnei Yisrael, that Baruchas Koyanim, they place the name of Hashem on the Bnei Yisrael. The problem, however, with this says the Rebbe that we discussed many, many times, that Rashi's explanation is written for us, that Aben Chamesh Lemikra should also be able to understand it. From the words of Rashi itself, not with having to look into any Mephorshim of Rashi, etc. If Rashi would mean this idea, that the word V'yikhuli Truma means that through this we are getting Hashem's name to rest upon us, etc. Rashi should have explained this clearly and not just write in some sort of remez in a hint by saying the word Lishmi, we're supposed to understand this whole idea. So the Rebbe goes on to explain that we mentioned earlier already that Rashi also brings in this, Dibur Maschali also brings the word Truma, which leads us to understand that what's forcing Rashi to say li, lishmi, is not only from the words ve'yikhuli, but from all three words together, ve'yikhuli teruma. And what the Rebbe says now is that Rashi is actually going to soon explain the word teruma separately. Now when Rashi's proof for his pirush is going to be from a later word in the Pasuk that needs to be explained in order to force this pirush, Rashi would usually first explain that word, and based on that word, we would now understand, ah, so the previous words of the Psukim then must be explained in a particular way. But in our case, since Rashi explains the word Truma, which he's going to explain 
afterwards as meaning hafrosha to separate something from Hashem. In our case, Rashi is only going to explain it afterwards. That means you don't need Rashi's interpretation for the word truma to be able to force us to say that the truma means lishmi. So in other words, somehow, no matter how we explain the word truma, it's going to force us to say that li means lishmi, not only based on the way Rashi is going to explain the word truma, meaning hafrosha. How do we understand this? So the explanation is as follows. Simply, when we learn the words v'yikhuli, we would understand it as meaning, we are sanctifying something for Hashem. We're making it hektish. That's the way we would have understood it. Says Rashi, no, the pshat v'yikhuli truma, since it says v'yikhuli truma, it's going to tell us that the meaning is something different. That is, the word v'yikhu simply means that we are taking something from one place into another place, or from one rishus, from one domain, and it's now going into another domain. What about the word truma? The word truma, we could simply explain it in two ways. Either as Rashi himself explains it, which means hafrosha, that you are separating something from where it was before. So the person who owned it had it, and now it's being separated. He's giving up his ownership on it. And in this particular case, by separating it for Hektish, it's, it's, it's now connected to Hektish, it's becoming holy. Another way of understanding it is, Truma means to lift up, to elevate it. When, when we're speaking about something not in the context of a physical lifting up, but rather in, in a, in a, in a, in the, regarding the concept of ownership, etc. So clearly what it would mean is it's being lifted up, it's being elevated into a higher place, into a higher domain. Similar to what Rashi says by the field of Ephraim that went to Avram Avinu, Vayokom stay Ephraim. Rashi explains that this was something that was uplifted for this field that now went out from the hand of a simpleton like Ephraim and went to a Melech, went to Avram Avinu. So in our case, Previously, this was owned by a Yid, Truma means it's being elevated, it's now going into the bylaws, to the ownership of Hektish, of Hashem, and so on. Says the Rebbe, based on this we can understand, that the, when the Pasuk says, V'yikhuli Truma, we can no longer say that the word Li is coming to teach us that we need it designated and we need to sanctify it, giving it away to Hashem. Because, this idea that it needs to be moving away from my ownership and going to Hashem is really expressed already in those words, V'yikhu and Truma. That's exactly where we just translated V'yikhu. Truma means that it's now going away from me. It's going away from the owner. It's now going to belong to Hektish. It's now going to belong to Hashem. The Rebbe adds in the brackets the only difference between the two Purushim, whether Truma means Hafrosha separating. Or if truma means to lift up, the only difference then will be if truma means to lift up, to elevate, to elevate it. Then this idea that it's becoming part of hektish is primarily in the word truma. It's being elevated into hektish. And the word v'yikhu would mean that it's changing, moving over, moving away from the previous rishos. That's what the word v'yikhu would mean. And the truma part would mean that it's being elevated right now. If the word truma means from the word of hafrosha, so then you would say that the yikhu is referring to not only the fact that it's moving from one rishus to the other, but also that hekdish is owning it right now, 
And then the word truma is speaking about how it became completely separated. How it now is, again, moved from one level completely to another. It's no longer belonging to the previous person, to the, to the owner. Says that Rebbe, this is why Rashi has to come along and say that the word Leovi here, since Vyikhu and Truma are both emphasizing the idea already, that it's moving from the person's domain to Hektish's domain. This is why Rashi says, so what does Lee teach us? Lee cannot mean that it's becoming, becoming Hashem's, as in the Pasa Kaddish Lee. Rather, there's something new that's being taught over here. That when we are, when the truma is being given, it has to be lishmi. That means not only it's being given to hektish, but there needs to be a special kavona that it has to be done lishma. Similar to what's done by a get or what's done by a sefer Torah, etc. That you have to have in mind that you're giving it for Hashem's sake. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we have something very, very beautiful and amazing that comes out in the halacha area of Rashi. Because in this Rashi, that in the Truma there also has to be a concept of Kavono, of Lishma, Rashi is actually following a very similar thing of what we understand his Shita in Shas. That is, we have a Mishnah, where the Mishnah tells us that whether things that were designated for the Mizbeach, Kachim Mizbeach, or things that were designated for Bedek Habayis, for the, for the different things of the Beis HaMikdash, we cannot change these things from one Kedusha to another. The question is what exactly this means. So we have a machloikis between the Rambam and the Rivet. The Rambam says that when we say you cannot change from one level of, from one Kedusha to another, this also refers to things that were designated for the Beis Amigdash itself, not for the Mizbeach. So if, for example, you designated it for the Heichel, you cannot, for fixing the Heichel, you cannot, uh, des- you cannot, it cannot be changed for fixing the Mizbeach, for example, or other areas within the Beis Amigdash. The Raivet, however, argues in the Rambam and says, no, there's absolutely no difference between the different parts of the Beis Hamikdosh, whether it's the Heichel, whether it's the Azoro, whether it's the Mizbeach, it makes no difference. So when the Mishnah says that you cannot change from one Kedusha or the, to the other, it's only referring to the Kodshe Mizbeach, meaning for Karbonois, that you cannot change from carbonois, even from a carbon with lesser kedusha, you cannot change it over to a carbon with a stronger kedusha, and which will you also cannot change the amount of time that each carbon can be eaten. Once you change from one kind to another, it's going to change the amount of time it can be eaten, etc. But in bedek abayis, things that were designated for the mizbeach, what difference does it make? So you could change. What about Rashi? So let's look what Rashi says on this mishnah, where Rashi says. So on this mission, what does Rashi tell us? Rashi tells us that the kachim of bedek habayis, if you took something that was designated for the, for the Beis HaMikdash and you changed it for using it as a carbon, you definitely cannot do that. That's completely not counted as if you did it. In kachim mizbeach, you cannot change from one carbon to a different carbon. You can't change from an oiler to a shlomim, from a shlomim to an oiler. However, what about within the Bedek Abayis itself, within things that were designated for the Beis Hamikdash, could you change it then for another thing? There's no problem at all, as the Raivet says. Says the Rebbe, this fits very much with what Rashi is telling us in this parsha. Rashi said there has to be Lishmi, it has to be for my sake. That means like this, since the idea is it's Lishmi, it's for Hashem, so it's not so relevant the specific detail within the Beis Hamikdash that it was given for. As long as it was Lishmi, as long as it's being given to the Abishter, 
it's being given to the base Hamigdash. So even if it was given technically for the Heichal, it could be changed for them for fixing the Mizbeach or something like that. Because the idea of Lishmi is a general Kavana, it's not for a specific part of the base Hamigdash. It was designated for the base Hamigdash for Hashem's sake, and therefore there shouldn't be any problem moving it from one level of the base Hamigdash to another. Says the Rebbe, we can ask the following question. Regarding this idea that you have to have the kavana for Hashem's sake, the question is the following. Amongst the trumois, which were the Pasuk is speaking about, there's also, when the Pasuk says, v'yichuli truma, so there's different types of trumois. So one of the things is, trumas ha-mizbeach, the truma that goes for the mizbeach, that is to buy karbonis tzibur, as Rashi says on the Pasuk, that Rabbi Seinu taught that there's three times the word truma mentioned over here, and one of them is for the donations of the Mizbeach. So the question is the following. Regarding Trumas HaMizbeach, regarding Karbonois, we have a halacha that had the Karbon, how were the Karbonois Sibur brought, bought? It was from the Machtis HaShekel. The halacha is that we could even force someone to give Machtis HaShekel. We could take away something from him as a mashkin, as a security till he gives the Machtis HaShekel. That means we even force this union of Truma. How could we then say, how could Rashi say that it needs to be Lishmi, that it has to be Dal If you're giving it by force, clearly you're not having Kavana. You're definitely not having Kavana, Lishma. That's question number one. So how could Rashi say it has to be Lishma? Question number two, we still have the question that was mentioned earlier. Why doesn't it say V'yitnuli? Why doesn't it say they should give the Truma? Why does it say V'yikhuli, they should take the Truma for me? So the Rebbe says these two last questions of how it could be lishmo while the person is being forced. And why does it say v'yikhu instead of v'yitnu? These two questions actually answer each other. Because the halacha regarding lishmo in connection to trumas hamizbeach is not that the person giving it has to give it lishmo, but rather v'yikhu truma, The treasurer of the Beis HaMikdash, the people taking the machtas shekel have to take the trumas lishmo. So in other words, therefore it answers, yes, the guy's being forced. But the person taking it has to be taking the Shema. That's why it says, V'yikhu was speaking by the person taking the Truma. The Rebbe actually says, and this is actually what we find in the Psukim, we find two different expressions. It says like this, Dabrel b'nei Yisroel, first says, speak to the Yidin. V'yikhu li Truma, we say you should take the Truma, me'eis kolish from every single person. So first it says, Dabrel b'nei Yisroel, and then it says, take from every person. Says the Rebbe like this, Dabrel B'nai Yisrael is speaking about to those that are taking the Truma, the treasurers and so on. So V'yikhu, they should take the Truma. Who should you take it from? Me'eis Kolish is referring to all the people that are now going to give that Truma. And therefore there's no contradiction in the fact that yes, the Yid may be giving it against his will. And at the same time it's being done Lashma because the Gizbar, the person taking it, is taking it Lashma. The Rebbe asks and see if Ches, we still need to understand. Since the idea of the Trum of the Machtas shekel could sometimes be even against the desire, against the will of the giver, which means by this particular Trum, it's not going to be relevant. The Kavana so much, not like by the Trum that's given for the building of the Mishkan, which clearly says the possibility that it was given by the gen- generosity, so they clearly cared and they wanted to give. It seems to be, if by Machtas shekel in this case, or these sorts of trumois, that the bottom line is that as long as it reaches Hekdish, then it doesn't matter even what I had in mind. 
So the question then is, why is it important that the gizbor, the treasurer, the person taking the trumois should have in mind lishma? It seems to be it's the kind of thing that just doesn't need lishma. So why is it so important that the person taking it should have lishma? So simply we could say that it's similar to the Maimar Azal. Parnas al yatil eimal atzibur shaloy l'shem shamayim. A person, a leader, a communal, community leader is never allowed to just frighten the people. Shaloy l'shem shamayim. In other words, since a person has a job to take money by hidden donations or whatever it is, and he even has the right to do it bal karchoy, even against their will, it may be over here specifically important that he shouldn't have any ulterior motives. And therefore, perhaps this is the reason maybe we have to tell them you should do it, Lishma, make sure you're doing it for Hashem's sake. So that's one answer we could give. But the Rebbe says it's not so simple, it's not so smooth. Because based on this, the word Lishmi, Li Lishmi, is not really so noigeya to the actual taking of the Truma, of these donations. Rather, it's something more related to their personality, that they need to be doing their work, Lashem Shamayim. But it seems to be from the expression, from the simple language of the Pasuk, and the idea, it seems to be saying that it's actually important that the truma should be Lishmi, that the truma should be actually taken Lishmi. It's not only about the collector. So the Rebbe says, the explanation is as follows. When the truma is given for the Mishkan and the Karbonois, we understand this is in order to make a place for Hashem, a dira for Hashem in this world, both in the Mishkan and through that in the whole world. The idea of making a dira is that it should be fitting for the dira of the melech, the king to be able to live there. And in order for that to happen, we need to have two things. Chassidus explains that you first need to clean out the palace from any sort of dirt, from any sort of filth. There's an additional thing you have to bring in, beautiful furniture, beautiful other things, etc. In Avoidus Hashem, these are the two ideas of Sur The difference between these two things will be that in the Avoidah of Sur Meirah is primarily just an introduction in order to be able to have a proper dira, a proper place to live in. The practical dira that is drawing down Elikus into the Gashmias, that the place should become a dira betachtoinim for Hashem, that's mainly going to be through the Vasei through the positive actions that we take. Like in the house, the positive things that we bring into the house. The other things that we're just avoiding the bad is getting rid of the filth. Therefore, says the Rebbe, Chassidus explains there's a huge difference in the avoid of Sur Meirah and Asaytoif. In the avoid of Sur Meirah, really what's mainly relevant is just a practical. It's not so much relevant of what type of way you got yourself to stay away from the Avedah, not to go against Hashem's will. Even if you're doing it with ulterior motives, and you're doing it for your own sake, and you're doing it for, because of the fear of punishment, all of that's not so relevant. The bottom line is you stayed away from the Aveda. However, when it comes to Vasei which is the main thing of making the dira for Hashem, here it's really important that it should be Lishma. Here it's really important that you should do it with a full kavana for Hashem, not for yourself, because this is the way you're going to be drawing Hashem down here. This is the way you're making the dira betachtoinim, so we need to have the action should be in a way that Hashem should actually be able to dwell there. And therefore you can't have your own ulterior motives. Chas v'sholim. This is in fact why we say, a person should always be involved in Torah and mitzvahs, even shaloy lishma, because from shaloy lishma, you come to lishma. What's the reason why we tell a person to do it shaloy lishma? It's not only by saying, because that even shaloy lishma, this is sufficient. Bottom line is, a maiso, a iker action is the main thing, so even if you do it shaloy lishma, it's good enough. 
The real reason is because we're saying that hopefully, eventually, by doing it Shaloy Lishma, you'll eventually come to do it Lishma. And that's going to be the real way how you can make a Dira Betachtoin. Says the Rebbe, just like it is in the avoid of the person, so too it is when we come to the things in the world from which we're making a place for Hashem, there can also be these two ideas. We have the idea of like the Surmeira, that is going away, moving away from the world, taking things that were from Klipas Noiga and taking them out of Klipas Noiga. So this is more the idea of the Surmeira type of idea. And then there is the concept of bringing it into the domain of Hashem, making it holy, making it a place for Hashem, a Mishkan for Hashem. This is more like the idea of Vasetoiv. So getting back now to the way we take away even a security for Mahtis HaShekel to be given, we're saying that the person may be giving Bal Korchai, he's even giving against his will, because what this represents, taking the money away from him, before going into Hektish, is similar to the idea said, it's a similar concept like Sur Meira, we're taking it away from the Gashmi's the domain it was in. So here it's not even so Noigeya as we said, the Kavana that it should be Lishma. The bottom line is it left a Klippa. However, the treasure that's bringing it into Kedusha, this is the way it's becoming part of the domain of Ektish. This is more like the Asay Toiv aspect. Here it's important that it should be Lishma, because as said before, the Asay Toiv aspect, making it a place for Hashem, here it's much more important that it should be done in a way Lishma. Says the Rebbe, these two ideas are actually the two meanings that we said before about Trumo. One is Hafrosha separation, and one is elevation lifting up. Hafrosha simply means that it's being separated from something else. It was mixed with something else, and now it's separated. This represents the idea, something that was mixed in with mundane, regular Gashmi Yisdika things. And now it's being separated. So too in regards to the person, in 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 the case like, for example, the Machtas HaShekel, it's being taken away from his personal domain. Then comes the next level that is being lifted up. Haroma, being lifted up into the Rishus of Hektish. Says the Rebbe, this is what Rashi is hinting to saying the words Lilishmi. After, as we said, first he says the words Ve'yikhuli Truma, and then he says Lilishmi. And before he ever even explained that the word Hafrasha in our case will mean separation. So in other words, at this point we can understand Truma as lifting up. Says the Rebbe like this. Because the main idea of Lishmi, when is it mainly important that it should be Lishma? As we said, when it enters the domain of Kedusha. Mainly when it's being lifted up. It's going into Hektish. Not so much when you're separating it from the previous place. So even before we look at that word Hafrasha, we're already being told it needs to be Lishmi. Because in that area, that domain of lifting it into Kedusha, that's where it's important to have the Lishma. Says the Rebbe Doherah from all of this and Avodis Hashem is when a person is going to influence another yid being a Makarav to Torah and Mitzvahs, he's going to fulfill a Mitzvah Saseh, to rebuke your fellow. He may think to himself as follows. I can understand when it's my own Torah and Mitzvahs, and I'm serving the Abishra, I understand it's important to do it Lashma. But when I'm going to influence another yid, shouldn't the main thing be the bottom line? I'll get the person to start putting on tefillin. I'll stop the person from doing an Aveira and so on. But the particular way of how it's done, how I got the other person to do it, seemingly is not so relevant. That's what the person might think. And therefore it's also possible that within the rebuke, should mix in a little bit of some sort of feeling of the opposite of Avas Yisroel. 
or in a more subtle way, the idea that I am the one who's rebuking him, I'm better than the other person, etc., etc. Because he might think, bottom line is, I'm just getting the guy to do the right things. So even though he knows that, yes, it may be some sort of chisori in my own avoidance, Hashem, maybe it means I'm not so um, purified yet, elevated yet, I still have some sort of feeling of yeshus. I might think, well, what's the difference? As long as I get the other person to do the right thing, the other person should have the attitude of, attitude of Kabbalah, so I'm a Mishama, he should really be accepting it from no matter who I am, especially when it's, I'm just trying to keep him away from something bad, seemingly the Kavana doesn't make a difference. So even if I'm not doing it with the right attitude, as long as I'm getting the other person to do the right thing, says the Rebbe, we have the Oira from here as follows, that this sort of calculation that might be true for the other person. He might make such a calculation that he needs to run away from bad no matter what. No matter where it's coming from and who's inspiring him and what the motives are and so on. But the person that's trying to influence the other one to stop him from Sur Meirah, he has to do it Lishma. Because when he is doing his mitzvah of it's a positive mitzvah of toiv. And we just said that in a positive thing, of course you have to do it lishma, And therefore there always has to be that full Avas Yisrael and fully doing it lishma, truly for the sake of Hashem, not because of my own feel goods and so on. Especially, says the Rebbe, when we see that if you're not doing it properly lishma, and you have your own ulterior motives, so then it's going to be lacking not only on my own personal avoidance that I'm not doing it properly, being kind of the person properly, but I'm actually not going to influence the other person in the proper way as well. And therefore, going back to that statement, they're not supposed to scare other people and so on. This is true even when you're trying to stop them from a sur meirah. Because since there's some sort of opposite feeling mixed in, ultimately I will not be able to achieve what needs to be achieved properly. However, when we do the avoida properly, the shmo. Even if sometimes I have to force the person. As it says, Ma'asin ala sometimes we force a person to give tzedakah, etc. But as Chazal tell us, the person who forces others, his reward is even greater than the one doing the mitzvah, giving the tzedakah. As the Pasuk says, tzedakah brings peace. But regarding the Gabbai tzedakah, it says, those who bring righteousness and merit to the others, is like the stars. And Gedoyla Tzedakah, including this Tzedakah, that brings the Geula immediately.